This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick the two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more pitching podcast from PitchOS.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is September 9th. Happy birthday, Ben Dean. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Hunter Brown, four point winnings of 600 runs. It was against the Padres. He is a shag carpet. That is, or he has a shag carpet. That is a low floor for uh, rookie pitchers. But really, it's a cherry bomb situation. That is like Gavin Williams and Nick Pavetta. Both of them are four-seamer focused with these breaking balls. Now, Gavin Williams is a better four-seamer than Hunter Brown. Nick Pavetta, probably similar. Uh, The problem with Pavetta over the years was that his curveball and slider command was just never developed properly, which made him into this really cherry bomb that we don't want to touch. While Gavin Williams also has moments where his breakers are terrible, but then they come back, right? And that's kind of how I'm attributing Hunter Brown, who is going upper third with his four-seamers now. But the secondary stuff isn't there. So once he gets his sliders and curveballs down, he'll be really good. He's a rookie right now. So treat him like a cherry bomb the rest of the way. You know, it's up to you if you really want to go for it. It's decent matchups. He pitches for the Astros. So we're going to help him in every way from both pitching development to offensive prowess that allows him to get more wins. And, of course, the defense behind him is very solid. So it's the athletics next we go for that. And then we can decide on the Orioles and Mariners after. Ace is going to ace for Zach Gallen. Mike Clevenger did really well against Detroit. So he's a cherry bomb now. And he gets the Royals and Nationals. So if you want to go for that, go ahead. It was zero and runs in seven innings with seven Ks and a Gallows pull of 17 whiffs. Jameson Tyone, King Cole with 39% CSW here in the Gold Star against Arizona. I had no expectations for this. I didn't really think the ceiling was that high. But it was six innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, and nine strikeouts. He's doing the old Yankee approach, which I really like because now he has better secondaries to complement it. The old Yankee approach was high four seamers. So he had like a 15% swing strike rate back in the day with that. But now he also has a cutter, curveball, and a sweeper that he has underneath inside the zone. That's way better than it was when it was against the Yankees, for the Yankees, which is great. Unfortunately, he gets Coors next, so I don't want to go after Jameson Tyone there. But at least we can look at the approach there, see if it's a similar thing. If it is, then we can circle the start against the Pirates after. Christopher Sanchez is doing great things for the Phillies and your fantasy teams. Five innings of zero and runs against the Marlins. He has a really good schedule if the Phillies continue the six-man rotation. If they don't... Then he gets the Cardinals, Mets, and Pirates to close a year. So keep that in mind. If he if it's a five-man moving forward, then he gets Atlanta next. So we don't want that. Uh, Colin Snyder opened for Alec Marsh, who did well against the Jays. One and run in four innings. Would have been a gold star in that regard. It was across 65 pitches. 
But the Royals then ruined the win later on, and I don't want to trust him. I don't really think that he's good enough here. Uh, Logan Allen is a Toby and did good things there. The next start for him is up for debate because is it a five-man or six-man with the Guardians? I'm going to say it's a six-man because Xavier Curry would still get the rotation spot even with the addition of Lucas Giolito. That said, if it's a five-man, he gets the Giants. If it's a six-man, it's the Rangers. So I don't want to start Logan Allen against the Rangers. I would against the Giants. If you want to hold on and see how that plays out, by all means. But I don't really think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a six-man. But hey, play it safe. And if you don't have to drop him right now, you don't have anything that's pressing. Yusei Kikuchi has actually been an ace the last 14 starts. Continued it against the Royals after two questionable outings. But he had his slider command in both of those. And he had it back here. His five innings of one and run. Three hits, one walk, and eight Ks against the Royals here, which is so good. He has a 2.9 ERA with a 113 whip and a 28% strike rate across his last 14 starts. That's so good, Yusei Kikuchi. I, I would, I'd honestly say maybe an ace is going to ace. But because of the last two uh, starts that were really bad. I kind of need to like wait another start or so, and then it's going to be the end of the year. But he's really deserved that for you teams. You know it on yours. Kyle Brash has been the same way. Uh, six innings, 200 runs, four hits, zero walks, and nine Ks. I did this whole rant about ball and play percentage in uh, the SP Roundup, which I'm going to talk about more in the offseason. I think there's really something to that. But for the long haul, I mean, Bradish, we're good this year. He's just limiting uh, balls and play on his four-seamer and his sinker, and that's exactly what you want because his slider and curveball way better for results in play. So that's good. And limiting those balls in play means that he can get more strikeouts, nine stri- uh, nine Ks in this one, four hits, right? Okay. Uh, Bryce Elder is a Toby. And I know he was a Vargas rule for ages. Everyone loved him. And then he was really bad against the Rays and the Diamondbacks. And everyone got off the train. But he's just a Toby pitching for one of the best teams to pitch for. That is Atlanta. Thus, he got a win. In seven innings, 200 runs, four hits, one walk. Nine Ks is kind of crazy. But he's just a Toby. Don't really go crazy about that one. Uh, and guess what? He gets another good start. Oh, wait, never mind. It's the Phillies twice. So we get off the train, right? This is easy. Easy choices, guys. Uh, Reese Olsen against the White Sox. 6.2 innings, 200 runs, 2 hits, 1 walk, 5 Ks. Great stuff here from Olsen as he got balls in play on his four-seamer in sinker inside, which is what you want, as I just actually pushed them myself as I said that. I know you can't see it, but I, I think it's really important when you podcast, you actually gesticulate well as you do it. You sound better. I don't know. Anyway, a slider and changeup were also good here. They did their part with some whiffs, and now he gets the Reds in Detroit, and I think I'm good for that. I'm going to make them a probable start for that one. That is Reese Olsen. Uh, Kodai Senga did not have his good stuff. It was five over 22 strikes on his fork bowl, which is so bad. And yeah, he only allowed two in runs in six innings. Props to him for that. But it was four hits, four walks, and five Ks, right? And there's something to be said about being an ace that you still come through on your bad days. Uh, and that's great for Kodai Senga. I wanted to give him the aces again easily, but I can't really do that uh, because of this. But Snacks and uh, and the Marlins, that is the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins are next. I imagine he's going to get his forkball back in order. It is a volatile pitch. What do you know? The cutter has been very underrated, I think, when in regard to Senga. It's just really been that foundation for him that he's needed so badly that he didn't have earlier on in the year. Uh, Blake Snell is my Cy Young candidate. Ace is going to ace. Uh, there's a lot of discussion I saw, I think, about like FIP being used for Cy Young, and I totally disagree with that. Um, in short, that's kind of like saying this because skills are very good, it doesn't matter what the actual output is. I know FIP is descriptive about a certain output, and it's the best descriptor, you could say, of skills, but at the end of the day, the pitching is about limiting runs across the plate and we're giving an award for your success in a season and regardless of that success being rooted in some luck or not it is success and that's why ERA and innings pitch the only two stats that truly matter for a starting pitcher 
how how good are you preventing runs and how good and how long are you doing that prevention for should be the only consideration in my view for Cy Young. Yes, that does mean team defense matters and absolutely true. I, I get that, um, but that's kind of part of it. And Blake Snell is doing that. He did well against the uh, the Astros. The wins win was there. Six inning, two earned runs, five hits, three walks, and eight Ks. I don't care about the walks. I don't care. Two earned runs. And also, Blake Snell is one of the best hit suppressors in the majors. Um, there's something to be said about not giving in and properly. Like, I'll put it this way. Should we really be negative against the pitcher? It's a man in second, uh, two outs, and we decide to pitch around Jordan Alvarez so that we can attack the next guy better. And even then, if we lose them, then we can walk another guy and then do well in the next one. That is what good pitching is, right? But that, Fip hates that, right? Because you just had two walks. And I hate that so, so, so much. You know, you then execute a really good pitch inside to get a grounder to third so that you get the out at first. It hates that because it's not a strikeout. That's luck, right? Or uh, And it's just, no, that's not... The end of the day, how good are you at run prevention, and did you prevent all the runs? And what's your success in your award? Okay, I'm going to stop rambling about this. And I'm going to take a quick break because we got to talk about the rest of these pitchers. And of course, today and tomorrow's games. So stick around after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. Dallas Keuchel, I'm so sorry for that ramble, whatever, uh, against the Mets, did well, did his premier neckbeard approach, five innings, two earned runs, three hits, two walks, six Ks, got six out of 13 whiffs on his slider, doing that neckbeard approach, over 50% CSW on it, I don't really expect that to continue, he gets the White Sox next, if you really want to go for it, fine, but I, I don't think... I don't think the ceiling is worth the floor here. He's not going to get six strikeouts again. Okay, cool. Yuri Perez against the Phillies. Didn't do that great. It was two innings and five run runs. The ratio, uh, the whip isn't good. Four Ks, whatever. Easy, easy rotation. Uh, sorry, schedule the rest of the, the way. You should feel good about this. Even though it's a five-man now because of Sandy Alcantara. Maybe it's a six-man. Maybe they call someone else up and replace it. I don't know. Um, they probably don't want to push uh, Yuri too much. So they might still go a six-man here. But... Uh, his schedule should be much better the rest of the way, and you should feel really good about having Yuri down the stretch. Colin Ray's almost survived five against the Yankees. He wouldn't have gotten the win anyway if he got that final out. I don't really think I want to go for this against the Mets, Mets next, but there are decent uh, dart throws out there. Luis Severino against the Brewers, four innings, two earned runs, four hits, one walk, five Ks. It doesn't really matter because he left this game with upper body injury, and he's done for the year. And watch, it's, he's going to be a free agent 
Luis Severi is going to get either signed by the Rays or he's going to be signed by the Dodgers and then he's going to be a stud in 2024. It's just inevitable at this point, right? We all kind of looked at Severino and said, what is actually wrong here? And I'm sure one of those teams will be smarter than me and and all of us and figure out exactly what to do with him. And bam, he's going to be amazing as long as he's healthy. But honestly, that's pretty cool regardless. Uh, Black burn, that is Paul, <laughs> comma Paul, against the Rangers, three innings, two and runs. It's 87 pitches. Uh, he gets Houston and Seattle next, so we're just not going to leave him. You're going to leave him on the wire. Uh, Griffin Canning didn't do well against the Guardians because he only threw 37% strikes with his four-seamer, which is shocking, to say the least. And we threw 30 of them. Yeah, so he's got to be better with that. He will be against the Tigers next. I'm going to start him there. Don't worry. Um, it's very rare for that to continue two straight starts. Cal Harrison is a cherry bomb because what is his command on a given night? We don't really know. Even against Rocky Road here was kind of disappointing. And that's just kind of how it is. Taj Bradley against the Mariners. 6.1 innings of four and runs. Six hits, two walks, and five Ks at Minnesota. And the Angels next. And he's a cherry bomb to me. Honestly, it's just about his command. He's not going to have a 70% strike rate on his curveball and a 62% strike rate on his changeup consistently. That's just not really what to expect expect so I personally am not going to go after Taj Bradley George Kirby though come on man 6.1 innings of foreign runs you got to get the four seamer up higher it should not just be blanket in the zone it should be actually upper third and I want his slider to be thrown more than 11 times I think it's a much better pitch than the splitter so that's just me even against lefties like still throw the slider um, I hate this idea that all of a sudden oh because it's a lefty you can't throw sliders or curveballs you have to throw changeups or splitters like no you don't you can still be really, really good with sliders or curveballs against lefties. A lot of you guys do it. Jacob deGrom does it. Uh, Garrett Cole does it. I mean, come on. Max Scherzer does it. All right, whatever. Uh, Ty Block against the Spencer Schreiser does it. I'm going to stop. Uh, <laughs> does it against the Giants and, uh, sorry, uh, five innings, four and runs, eight hits, one walk, six Ks. He actually had five shutout innings here. This was working. My whole thing about Ty Block and the Rockies against the, the, the Giants was actually working. And then he allowed four and runs in the sixth. Stupid. Also, don't be one to two ticks down on everything next time, okay? Uh, we, we got, what, Austin Gomber today as he tries to reverse his Gombard situation. Ugh, I'm just saying one of these should work, right? Okay, Mackenzie Gore against the Dodgers. Four innings, four and runs. Is a cherry bomb against the elite offense? Like, of course not. Drew Rom, absolutely not. Don't do this. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, very frustrating. He had two home runs. One was on an 0-2 curveball that was down to Esperi Ruiz. And he hit it out somehow. The other one was a two-run shot um, by Shea Langleyers um, on a bad changeup. And, yep, that happens. As long as the changeup gets down decently enough against Cleveland, he should be fine. So, don't really overthink this one with Drew Montgomery. I know he hasn't been at his peak, but I think you still go with it. Tanner Houck is breaking the Wasker Renault rule. Sorry, he is the Wasker Renault rule. He's not breaking it. You are breaking it if you start Tanner Houck because that rule says, hey, if you were essentially two pitches, which Houck, which Houck is, ignore the splitter. It's four-seamer and sinker, but it's a slider that's really good, and the other stuff isn't. And I don't want to go for that with Tanner Houck. I mean, you can say at best he's a cherry bomb. Maybe he slightly breaks it. But no. And it was also careful Icarus, I should say. He'll have one run in five frames before uh, the sixth inning where he allowed four of them against the, against the Orioles. But I just don't really want to do it. Um, Emmett Sheen against the Nationals. 4.1 innings, five earned runs, six sets, one walk, and four Ks. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating against the Nationals. And now he gets the Padres, and that stinks. But honestly, I'd still hold on to him for Detroit and two starts against the Giants to end the year. That just seems too good to pass up while pitching for the Dodgers. Uh, Andrew Abbott and Mitch Keller are the end here. We have Keller against Atlanta, which is, yeah, okay, doesn't matter how hot you are, Atlanta's going to destroy you. And Andrew Abbott's kind of turned into a cherry bomb. Um, he gets a really nice schedule against the Mets, uh, Pirates, and uh, Cardinals. But this was four innings of six earned runs for its three walks and three Ks. Very annoying. Um, but we know how good he can be. And I feel like with that good of a schedule, I feel like he's still got to go with it. 
But if you want to just call him a cherry bomb and throw him back to the wire, like I get that too. It's, I don't even know what his approach is going to be on a given day, and that's really frustrating with Andrew Abbott. Looking forward to today's games. We have Gosman and Webb and Steele and Kelly and Bobby Miller and Tarek Schoolbinger start all of those. Aaron Nolan, Chris Steele are very contentious just because, like, what are they going to do? I don't know, but it's against Miami and against the Orioles, and I feel like you're just going to do that. Michael King is the stream pick of the day against the Brewers, as he should go about like 75 to 80 pitches, and I feel like that's good enough for me. Um, they have Lucas Giolito uh, against the Angels. I know he's been really bad, but like the Angels are so bad as an offense. Offense. And Lucas Giolito's skills are not that terrible. Um, Aaron Savali against the Mariners. Uh, he just struck out 12, but the Mariners are tougher, so be careful there. Um, Kenta Maeda against the Mets. He's been really rough with his splitter and slider. It was a little bit better against the Rangers, but I understand if you're contentious against it. Nathan Evaldi against the Athletics. Uh, hopefully the velocity is back, but then again, it's Athletics and we didn't go many pitches last time. I don't know. I think if you have Evaldi, you're going to start and see what happens, but it, yeah. A uh, question will start to you. You have Jack Flaherty, Zach Thompson, uh, Christian Javier, Seth Lugo, Wade Miley, Tyler Anderson, Chase Anderson, Carson Spires, and now Dylan Dodd. So Flaherty against the Red Sox, I think like his skills are better than they have been. Thompson in Cincinnati, but honestly, Cincinnati's in so tough at home. Javier's skills were at its peak against the Yankees last time, but now it's the Padres, so what are we going to get? I don't know. And Seth Lugo against the Astros. He's a Toby whatever, uh, but it's the Astros. Wayne Miley's a Toby. Lefties are bad against the Yankees. Um, with the Andersons, I don't know why I'm repeating them all again. Uh, Anderson and Anderson, Tyler Anderson against Cleveland. If he has a good enough changeup, that's okay. Uh, Chase Anderson against the the Giants. See, there you go. It's, I guess it's not Gomber, it's Chase Anderson, but hopefully it works. It could work. I'm just saying. Um, Carson Spires uh, against the Cardinals. I don't really like his stuff that much. It's a decent slider. Um, 93-94 in the fastball. We'll see. And Dylan Dodd is going against the Pirates. That maybe works if he goes five. There could be Darius Vines showing up as well in relief. And that could be actually the vulture thing you want to go for. We'll see there. Um, and downside chances of win if he does get all five innings. And then you have, do not start here, Johnny Cueto magic against the Phillies. I don't want to do it. Michael Kopech. He's actually going to the bullpen, I think, for the most part. So, yeah, don't. Uh, David Peterson, uh, Jake Irvin, it, it should be Jose Arrena, I'm so sorry, um, against Detroit, you don't want to do that, uh, David Peterson, Jake Irvin, Johan Aviedo, uh, Zach Greinke, Kyle Muller, and then the Seattle bullpen, uh, so yeah, all of this is just don't, just don't do it, okay, uh, you have tomorrow's games, you have Garrett Cole, Pablo Lopez, Corbin Burns, Zach Eflin, Grayson Rodriguez, Tanner Bybee, Jose Barrios, Cole Reagans, and Hunter Green, I'm doing it all, yes, the whole Cole Reagans against Toronto, let's go, okay, I'll be watching it actually on, uh, on playback.tv tomorrow. Yes, I know it's football Sunday. I get it, guys. But I don't care. All right? We're going to watch Cole Reagans at 1.30. And you're going to join me. Because you're just so happy that someone else is watching baseball and not football on Sunday. And I got you. I got you. Okay, Cole Reagans watch party 1.30 at playback.tv slash pitchlist. It is so much fun. And this is a tough one because he's been acting like an ace. And the Jays actually are not as good. So this is the best test he's he's had all year in that uh, Royals rotation. Uh, you have Probable Start here. You have John Gray, Jesus Lazarda, Bryce Miller, Brian Bayo, Kyle Hendricks, and Alan Winans, who I would be picking up. And he is my stream pick against the Pirates. I know it didn't go well last time um, he came back up, but I think he actually is good enough here. I'm going to do that. And Tyler McGill was a stream pick of the day against the Twins. I think he just doesn't do as much as Winans. Thus, he is underneath him. It's also a little bit tougher against the Twins. Questionable Start here is JP France against the Padres. It's France in a decent situation, but it's the Padres, so a questionable start. Brandon fought against the Cubs. We saw last time like how it just doesn't work at times, and the Cubs are tougher, but maybe it does. Ranger Suarez against the Marlins. I don't really like this. Uh, Peter Lambert against the Giants. Sawyer 
Gibson Long making his debut against the uh, the White Sox for the Tigers. I what I saw was he's about 92 when he starts. He actually last two games were both in relief um, at 94 miles per hour in AAA, but when he was going like six or five innings, uh, it's about 92 miles per hour with a really good slider. So if he is going five innings here, which we don't even know um, in an MLB debut, which is already a con here. But there is a chance he goes five innings, and that slider could just destroy the White Sox. So I have a questionable start, but honestly, it should really be a do-not start. But desperate Sunday, desperate measures, I get it. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough is going for the Dodgers against the Nationals as they're delaying Kershaw a day. So maybe he goes five innings and can still win there, but I don't like it. I Probably not, honestly. Uh, and <laughs> Probably not going all five innings. Uh, Kenny Rosenberg against the Guardians. Uh, he is a crafty lefty, and maybe he's good enough for six innings like he did last time. Jesse Schulten's against the Tigers. Like, I don't care. Uh, it's just such a low chance of that working. Miles Michaelis at Cincinnati. Maybe he gets you a quality star if you need it. And Luis Medina maybe has a slider working against the Rangers, and the Rangers are worse without Adelise Garcia. Trevor Williams, Keaton Wynn, who shouldn't go uh, five innings for the Giants. Luis Ortiz against Atlanta, and Rich Hill against Houston. That is it for today. All right, th- that is all. Thank you all so much for the support. I got to get out of here. My name is Nick Pollock, and may your babs be low, and your strikeouts high.